0: Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous Sunday evening. Get this up here. I uh, hope everybody's had a good day today, a blessed day and a wonderful day. Hope everybody got your uh, Sunday day nap in today. And uh, I know I did. I tell you what, I was out like a lot. I I slept for about two hours and uh, don't even, uh, I don't know where the time went. I I couldn't hardly ever get up uh, this evening, uh, afternoon, uh, for my little nap there, but uh, I think it's just weather. It just makes me sleepy and drowsy, and just hard to get, get going and motivated. But uh, I thought my dad did an excellent job this morning uh, with his, uh, with the music he played, and uh, uh, the one that my grandfather wrote was really special and uh, really, really proud of my dad. I thought he gave a good message this morning, and uh, I know we had a lot of good positive uh, response uh, on his message so uh, praise god for that and hopefully it went across the airwaves uh, without any problems and hurting complaints so uh, praise god for that and that it will go out and minister and uh, so i think that's pretty awesome but anyway uh do hope everybody's having a good day hope you're awake and uh ready to dive into god's word this evening and uh, like I said, I know that if it's a rainy day like today, it's easy to just lay there and sleep and say, well, I'll listen to that idiot later or, <laughs> or whatever. Or you're watching TV and half listening, but hopefully uh, you'll cut off the TV. And I know some people, uh, like last night when I was doing a little, uh, normally we do our podcast, but Brandy was uh, not, uh, uh, not up to it yesterday because she worked like a dog all week on the house. And, uh, but I still uh, felt the drive and the need to do some sort of devotional uh, last night. And uh, so I was doing that and somebody sent me a picture uh, of me on their television. There are several other people's done it to me as well. They'll bring up whether it's on their website or on uh, uh, Facebook and they'll have it on a large screen of my big ugly furry face on their TV. So it's kind of neat, but it's kind of scary at the same time they can do that. So if I'm on your television right now, then Lord help you. So, but anyway, let's go ahead and look in our Bibles. We're gonna look at Psalm 34, uh, verse eight. Psalm chapter 34, verse eight. I'll give everybody just a second to, uh, to turn there. Psalm 34, verse eight. I have an audience uh, here this evening. I have my dog, Paris, and I have my dog, Cinnamon, and they're sitting in here listening to tonight's message. So I'm not in here entirely alone. I do have an audience, so uh, hopefully uh, they're like they're not really turning into their Bibles, but uh, they they just have a problem with the opposable thumb thing. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Um, if you have any prayer requests or prayer concerns, be sure and put those on the, um, uh, on the comments section here on social media. Those are the websites. You don't have that uh, ability to do so. Uh, but uh, if you have any prayer concerns, you can go to our website and get my email address and uh, you can email me those uh, prayer concerns as well. Uh, Or if you're on social media, uh, you can always go to Messenger. Uh, I did have, uh, let's see here, it was uh, Ginger Hood. Uh, She said, um, let's see here, Troy's cousin uh, that passed away was Steve Whaley. His wife is Kim Whaley and son Steve Whaley Jr. They both are having a difficult time at this time. They can't have service to cause the virus. And she wanted to make sure I put both of them on the prayer list, and we keep make sure we keep Ginger and Troy in our prayers as well. Uh, in fact, I forgot to tell Dad when I was talking to Ginger the other day. She said that uh, they'd got a horse, and uh, uh, they uh, Troy got hurt uh, uh, in the process. And apparently, he got uh, kicked, and uh, he's saying he's doing okay, but it left some pretty good bruising. So I meant to tell my Dad, and completely forgot this morning. But uh, so definitely keep them in your prayers along with Kim Penix and. Uh, uh, Murph, uh, Roger Winters, uh, Let's see, uh, Linda Feathers and her family. Uh, I don't know, there's, there's tons on there uh, to uh, the people I get each day, but can't remember them all. So but let's go ahead and have a little, go for the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you have blessed us with. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, we'll so lift up each and every one of these prayer requests or prayer concerns. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with this family that's dealing with this loss that uh, Ginger was telling me about, that you'll bring them peace and direction during this very difficult time. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you will bring in upon Troy and Ginger both and Kim Penix and Murph. pray that you continue to be with the Trivett family. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you will uh, be with Jennifer Harmon and her family, and I uh, pray that you'll uh, give her help her dad in this difficult situation. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you with all those who are watching and listening uh, this evening, and Lord, you know the hearts and minds and the concerns of each and every person. And Lord, I just pray that uh, your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, lead us, God, us, protect us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, uh, as far as announcements go, uh, you know, of course, we'll do our online service Wednesday night at seven o'clock, and then uh, this coming Sunday, we'll uh, have at least one, this may, I don't know, what will happen after this coming Sunday? But uh, as of this coming Sunday, we'll continue to have the uh, the service broadcasted on uh, 98.5 WTFM, as well as the website and social media. And um, so, um, be a prayer about that. You know, we're just trying to make uh, the right decision, and what's in the best interest of our congregation. And so, uh, be a prayer about that. And uh, uh, you know, we, there's so much so much mixed uh, messages in regards to the uh, this whole COVID deal, you know, I told Dad the other day. I said, one minute they say, you know, the, the heat doesn't have any any bearing on it. it. Does with your with your body heat because South America, places like that, we're still dealing with the virus. Then they turn right around and say, well, uh, hopefully summer will the heat of the summer will make this dissipate and it'll be seasonal. And I'm like, this makes they start turn around and said one thing and then saying another. Now they're saying ultraviolet rays or Killing the virus—I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know uh, uh, Fox News had on airs to the the, uh, the percentage of death rates. It wasn't as high as predicted, which is a good thing. So I don't know. It's uh, we're just going to just have to wait and see. It's still dangerous. We still need to take the proper precautions. Uh, you know, my dad and I are both are at a very high risk, and a lot of people are upset because Fourth of July has been canceled and uh, uh, other events are uh, in the area. And so. Uh, you know, all we do is pray about it. But again, the cool thing is, is that uh, even though we might be able to not be able to meet physically in the church, which I know everybody has, uh, or has missed that, they've told me that, and I miss it as well. Uh, but look at this, we can still come together. If this had happened 10 years ago, you know, I don't even know even five years ago, I would have had the ability and the technology to be able uh, to be able to have service like this online. And so I was, I, and when, this morning, you know, I always make sure that uh, the broadcast is going out like it's supposed to on social media. And you, I just, it's like pastor after pastor after pastor, church after church after church on social media. And there would have been a time when that would not have been possible. So praise God that we have the technology and the ability to still meet and gather. You know, it could have very easily been in a time where, uh, you know, it just, it, it just wouldn't have happened. And we'd have been really stuck then. So uh, so at least we, we try to look at that silver lining, uh, if you will, and I think you will uh, be better off And Let's look at the glass half full instead of half empty. All right. Well let's go ahead and look at our Bibles this evening uh, at Hebrews. and we're going to look at verses 11 through 14 this evening of chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 through 14. All right, you dogs got your. Passages looked up. Okay, all right, you're just looking at me. So, Hebrews chapter five, verses 11 through 11. At least I got somebody to talk to, all right? Uh, uh, About this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For through, by this time, you ought to be teachers Let's have a quick word of prayer. Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you again for this opportunity to be able to spread the gospel message. Lord, I pray that you'll lead us, guide us, and direct us in your word this evening. Uh, Lord, guide us in this teaching, and let it be used to equip and to edify, most importantly, glorify you. Let it be used to spur on spiritual growth and to serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so, you know, throughout my life, I have had my mother look at me and say, you need to grow up. I've had my dad look at me and say, you need to grow up. I've had my wife look at me and say, you need to grow up. <laughs> I've had managers and jobs I've had tell me, you need to grow up. <laughs> so and teachers told me that, I don't know why. I don't know where they get that at. I um, They... <laughs> Apparently because I like to clown around and joke and have a good time. My wife gets on me all the time because she says I tell corny jokes all the time. And uh, I, I come by it honestly because uh, my dad is the ultimate uh, king of dad jokes. <laughs> and so he, he comes up with some corny ones now and then and I'm like, dad, dad, you know, and I, I've end up turning in, in, into him. But growing up sometimes can be boring, all right? It can be boring It is, uh, I mean, there's a time when you have to be um, at least act like an adult (laughs) and depending on where you're at and what you're doing, uh, you know, it's kind of like that movie Big where uh, he said he wished he could uh, grow up uh, or become big and become an adult. So he's a child trapped in a man's body. I think it's a lot of us. We are children trapped in our adult bodies. And so I can, uh, I know it's hard to believe, but I can act very immature and foolishly and Chronologically, I'm 47. Mentally, I'm 12, and I'm being generous there. And uh, so, you know, uh, I have been told that many times. Now, here's the thing uh, that we're gonna be looking at tonight in God's word uh, is that we cannot uh, be immature uh, when it comes to the thing of God's word. You know, uh, when we used to have um, the annex, uh, we, you know, we had the uh, Fountain Bible Institute, we had the Bible uh, College, and I missed that. I wish, in fact, uh, now I was talking about it to the day, I would like to find a way to try to start that back up again, I, I truly enjoyed that. But one of the classes that I uh, taught at the time was, uh, called, uh, was uh, spiritual uh, maturity and uh, that's something that we have to that's the one thing that isn't boring all right you know when i talk about being you know being mature is boring you know being an adult is boring you know when it comes to god's word that isn't boring all right that is exciting that is wonderful that is something we should strive for is to be mature but the bad thing of it is we have a lot of immature christians out there you know uh, they should when they should be eating steak, they're still drinking milk. And that's one thing the writer of Hebrews is talking about here is that he's coming across this. They they should have been teachers by this point and they're still drinking. They can't understand the things that he's trying to tell them. You We're know, talking about uh, the, Jesus Christ being the high priest and talking about the line of the and, and things like that. And, and uh, they, they can't understand it. You know, it'd be like trying to have them read Shakespeare and they can't make out the lettering. Uh, and so, uh, that's a problem with a lot of Christians. Now, when it comes to uh, our spiritual walk and spiritual growth, it is gonna be at different levels, you know. There's some people you look at and you're like, man, I wish I could be at their spiritual level. As you know, I see some of these people out there, I'm like, golly, man, you know, particularly when I was doing my doctoral studies, man, these guys, I, some of these guys, I was just like, golly, you know, they, they really knew their stuff and I uh, kind of felt uh, kind of small compared to what they knew. And uh, so we're all at different levels. We can't compare ourselves to other people. And, uh, you know, there is, you know, there's some people uh, when they start their spiritual journey uh, that uh, God may deliver them immediately from drugs and alcohol and, and desires from things that they once had stop it cold immediately. You've heard Dad talk about uh, uh, one of uh, our, um, uh, Bobby Joe Barker used to work there at the church. Uh, the Lord helped him, delivered him from that uh, the drugs and alcohol stuff almost immediately and never had any desire for it. And there's some people, they get saved and it's a constant struggle. They may do well for a little while and they may fall back and they may do for a little while. You know, it's a constant fight back and forth. God may not remove that immediately. So that may hinder their spiritual walk to a certain extent. And uh, so, you know, and there's some people out there that um, they, uh, they've they never gained any much anything further than originally coming to know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, just for the fact that uh, uh, they just they were just stunned. They, just, they didn't want anymore. Hey, I got saved, and that's all I need to do, and that's it. There's some people who, uh, 40, 50, 60 years of being a Christian, have never uh, uh, progressed beyond of uh, a simple understanding. Well, that's just the way it's always been understood, and there's no need to, to, uh, uh, to learn any new theological or different ways of thinking that that's all there is now we have to be careful you know about new ideas or new theology i mean if there's things out there that is contrary to the word of god uh new age is really is is really seeping into the church big time we have to be careful about that Well, we have to have discernment we have to be as wise as servants and harmless as does but as we're going to look in here if we are not growing and being mature in the things of christ how are we going to discern between good and evil See, that's it. That's why there's so much garbage seeping into the church today because of, of the immaturity of so many Christians. Uh, you know, it is, it's amazing how much the things of the world have seeped into their th- to Christians' thinking and their mindset. Uh, in fact, you know, that's one thing I pray about every day is uh, not only do I pray for to be close to God, but to fundamentally change and transform the way I think, see, and perceive things. I want to see things through God's eyes. I want to perceive things and look at things the way God would have me to, not how I want it to be, but how God wants it to be. See, that's 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 how what we do in growing as Christians is constantly seeking out God so we can have that proper discernment. But, you know, it'd be like uh, uh, having a surgeon who said, you know what, I'm not going to use... Uh, anesthesia, ether has worked for so many years. I'm not, why bother with anesthesia? Because, um, uh, you know, why use gas and and regulate that? Let's just use um, uh, ether. It is just as effective. Well, that'd be crazy. That's outdated method So, you know, well, there, there may be some new ways of, of viewing things uh, that is biblical. But again, we have to be very careful about that. Uh, you know, in fact, when I was talking about ether, maybe think about my dad. He uh, he said when he was a kid, he had have eye surgery and stuff. And that's, how they, that's when they, how they put him to sleep, he was using ether. He said he'd wake up really sick, throwing up and stuff. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine uh, having to go through that, particularly with all the surgeries I've had uh, to, uh, to be put under with ether. So some of y'all might be able to relate to that and understand what he's talking about. But uh, so we had to continually learn how to grow. Now, when uh, we look here, it says, um, about, uh, about this, we have much to say. It's hard to explain that since you have become dull of hearing that nothros, that that, uh, that slow, sluggish, uh, 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 slow to understand of hearing. That's what he's talking about here, to to be uh, stupidly forgetful. You know, it may sound a little harsh, but uh, you know, when it comes to the word of God, we have to take it seriously. You know, like I said, I like to clown around as much as the next person. I like to joke. In fact, I tell people 99% of the time, unless I'm talking about God's word, I'm usually joking and kidding. I don't know when to be serious sometimes. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about last night uh, in dealing with regret and shame. Uh, there's so many times I look back and I think about uh, uh, how I was trying to be funny, but I hurt somebody's feelings or was being obnoxious or said or done something. And, you know, it, sometimes it, it hits so uh, so strong in my memory. It's just like it just happened. And I, oh, I give you anything in the world to go back and to change uh, those actions of immaturity and not thinking. You know, so many times my dad looked at me and said, won't you think before you say something? <laughs> I want to, but my mouth goes like this. And it, it's, 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 it, my mouth's like this, and my brain's going You know, so that by the time my brain catches up to this, I'm like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have said that. You know, particularly when you're, I'm arguing with my wife. It goes out sometimes so quick, and I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that, because then I get a look, and then I have to sleep with the one eye open, because she threatens to slice my throat while I'm asleep. So, uh, so, yeah, so he's talking about uh, being uh, sluggish and slow in thinking, I have done it. But he's talking about being dull of hearing. You know, it, it, when you think about dull of hearing, you can think about... Uh, uh, well, uh, years ago, I used to live over in, in, uh, over in Johnson city, over by the road by ETSU. There's railroad tracks by the house. Well, originally when I first moved there, man, every time my train went through, I was like, Oh my gosh, how can anybody live here? Well, over time, you just, you tune it out, you know? And, uh, just like if you're, uh, there's elevator music, uh, music in the, uh, in the elevator going on, uh, or, you know, things like that. You just, you know, you hear it but you've just kind of tuned it out you, you become dull to hearing, you know, you hear it, but you're not really listening to it. And that's what he's talking about here. Just like that train, eventually, I never even noticed it anymore. In fact, when me and Brandy first got together, she's like, how do you deal with it? But you just you just tune it out over time. So uh, we have to be very careful about that. But there's, you know, the, it even talks about how that there's just a, a tragedy, you know, when, in referring to this dull of hearing, that the tragedy of the church have little attempt to teach New knowledge and to uh, uh, and new ways of thinking. You know, we you know we, there ought to be some new new approaches to things. You know, there's some things that I would like to maybe change up at the church, maybe the way the order of service or things like that. But I have to tread lightly because uh, people are creatures of habit, and so I. But my main thing is I, I want to change things up to make it maybe a little more exciting or or new. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to do anything to hinder someone's walk with the Lord. So I have to be very careful about uh, how I approach it. Being asked to discuss some things about maybe trying to change up the order of service, and I know he, in his career, you know, 45 years, he's probably done it, seen it, and, and been there many times. And I know he's he's made attempts uh, through his career to change, change, try to change things up. And uh, people, they like I said, they they don't they don't like change too much. They like. Uh, Certain certain ways uh, that they've been brought up. So, uh, so we hit, you know when he's talking about here that they should be mature, and mature enough uh, to grasp the subject matter at hand. That what he's trying to tell them. They should be able to be at a point that maybe they should even be teaching uh, uh, these things. But they are so far behind. You know, talking about uh here are these schools have been out because of this virus and uh, uh, they're gonna allow them to go ahead to the next year and I'm you know I'm not sure you know how that's particularly these younger kids how that's gonna happen uh, you know especially kids who uh, who struggle a little bit with school anyway so they're really gonna be kind of a semester behind and so these teachers are gonna to to try to play catch up to bring them back up to where they're at. It'd be like uh, well look at it this way. Uh we're about growth, okay? Uh, and I've made this uh, illustration before. You know, uh, it's like when, when Madison Schuyler was born and they, uh, uh, you know, you have to take them to the doctor and have them wait and they have to have a measure. And um, uh, you, uh, you, have, you know, they have that chart of the growth chart of the weight and they have to be at a certain level at certain times in their life. Well, if they are not growing, you know, if they're not gaining weight, well, then, there's, there should be uh, there's concern, you know. Uh, you know, if the daughter comes in and say, "Hey, they're, they're, they should be, uh, of course, statistically and according to their uh, what they have down, they should be, uh, at, you know, this amount of, of height and weight. And if they're not gaining, and if they're actually losing, then they they try all these supplements and things to try to get them to get to the weight that they're at. And so that should be a, a rise for concern. Uh, likewise with as Christians, if you are not growing in the, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, then uh, that should be raised for concern. Or if you were say that you were a teenager, all right, you should be eating, uh, healthy and eating solid food. And you're going back to drinking formula and regressing back to eating, uh, uh, Gerber peas. Oh, I can't imagine. I thought we was like real peas. I can't imagine that. But, uh, uh, that would be uh, an alarm for concern. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is referring to here. Here are these people are, are at a state that really they are almost re- have regressed back uh, into a state uh, that where they should be far beyond. In fact, um, there, it always makes you wonder if there's something wrong uh, with these Christians that it's referring to. Because if you look at um, Hebrews 2, 1, uh, he's telling them to pay close attention He's telling them, pay hey, close attention to what I'm trying to tell you here. You know, it's just like uh, like I've told you, like my dad. You know, if I, he's uh, growing up, if he's trying to tell me something, and I'm like, you know, he's like, listen, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Man, ain't nothing worse than that snapping that finger. Man, I tell you, you see that snapping that finger, it's like, oh, I'm killed, you know. So that's what he's trying. And in Hebrews 2 1, he said, pay close attention. In Hebrews 3 1, he's saying, consider Jesus. In Hebrews three eight, he says, "Don't harden your hearts." In Hebrews three twelve, he's saying, "Take care, be careful uh, uh, of having that hardened heart of unbelief." In, in in Hebrews four one, he's talking about fear. In Hebrews four eleven, he's talking about being diligent. In Hebrews four fourteen, he's saying in Hebrews four fourteen, he's saying, "Hold fast." So you know, I always wonder if what what is what is going on with these Christians that he's having to tell them. Hey, pay attention, wake up, listen to what I'm trying to tell you and uh, it's trying to get through to their hard heads, you know? Uh, you and I both know, we all, we've all we all been teenagers at one point in time, how hard-headed we can be and uh, our parents trying to tell us something and we just half listen to what they're, what they're saying. We're kind of blowing it off like, yeah, right, like they understand what I'm going through, you know? And, uh, and, and they you know, so they're not listening and that's what he's trying to say. Pay attention to what I'm trying to tell you. Be diligent, all right? Don't harden their hearts. You know, fear. You know, he's trying to explain to them. He's trying to get through to them. And that's like so many hard-headed Christians today. You know, that, like I was talking about there, they have um, uh, allowed so much of uh, society and cultural views, world views, uh, to seep in uh, to the church. You know, Dad was talking about this morning uh, about a uh, ex uh, area pastor who uh, who claimed um, to renounce. Uh, his uh, convictions in Jesus and become an atheist, and as Dad said, uh, you know he wouldn't, you know, wouldn't even say to begin with if, if you know, to be able to do something like that. Uh, so you have these pastors out there who um, don't believe in the whole word of God. Uh, so you have pastors out there who don't even believe in the deity of Christ. There's pastors out there who do not even believe in in the six day literal six day twenty four hour creation. They believe in theistic evolution, and so when you have people out there who are um, uh, preaching heresy and uh, and don't believe in the whole word of God, well then you're going to have uh, this stuff seep in. You know, you have this secret sensitive church staffs talking about Rick Warren this morning uh, and how his is uh, you know how he's. His, uh, it was the springboard to these mega churches, this secret sensitive, which is now, uh, from what I've been reading, uh, is really backfiring on a lot of these. Because a lot of these these kids growing coming up today, they they want some real meat. They want some real truth. They they want genuineness, and uh, they're not getting that. Some of this fluff and stuff, these hallelujah barns, if you will, you know, because some people that's that's all these churches are made up of, just. Uh, just singing and to invoke an emotion, and when you get an emotional response, and you think you you you've done some, you know, you're uh, you have made yourself closer to God, and um, but you know, and maybe in a sense you have, but you know, I don't know. We'll get into that later on. But anyway, um, so as a result, well, my point is, uh, you've got churches who are allowing yoga into their into their church teaching yoga in church. And uh, dad wrote a, um, uh, a really great piece on uh, church, uh, the Septic Church and yoga. And uh, in fact, I shared it here not too long ago. And uh, I, I got some, uh, uh, ruffled a few feathers uh, by sharing that. People were not in agreement uh, with what he had wrote, and, uh, but he backs everything up with facts and statistics. And, um, and just like uh, with the viewpoints of homosexuality, homosexuality, in fact, there was a study done here recently that uh, only 55 percent. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's see. 55 percent. Let's see. How was it? Yes, 55 percent of evangelical Christians, supposedly evangelical Christians, um, that uh, uh, disagrees with homosexuality. That 45 percent does not have a problem with it whatsoever. In fact, um, that the um, uh, as long as they they say as long as they're committed and they truly love each other, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, um, uh-oh, hold, give me just one second. Those watching on social media, the, um, the streaming has paused here. Give me just one second, I apologize. Hold on here, I am so sorry for the interruption. I just got a text that, uh nah, I don't believe this. Give me just one second, guys and gals, I apologize. I don't know what's wrong with this program. i want to have to get with our um, IT guy, Mr. Greg Mullins. He uh, he is the great and powerful Oz, and he uh, he's the one that uh, uh, hold on here. But um, he uh, he's the one helps me with this, and uh, for some whatever reason. I've been uh, having a lot of problems with the uh, live stream uh, on Facebook. So, not um, on our Facebook, but on our website, uh, there's something I don't know why He's pausing, and been having some trouble with it. So, uh, I, I apologize uh, for the interruption here. So, let's 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 make this a bathroom break. If you got to go to the bathroom or you need to turn the channel on the TV while you're half listening to me, right now's a good time to do it. <laughs> All right, but, uh, uh, but anyway. Um, Good evening, Lisa. Good evening, Tanya. And Kathy. Good evening to all you lovely ladies. Appreciate you guys, you gals, watching this morning. All you cool cats and kittens out there. <laughs> so, all right. Let's see. Hopefully, this will work now. Let me just uh, uh, put this out here. Try it now. All right. Hopefully, it will go through without any problems. So. I still acting kind of weird i don't know it may freeze back up again i don't know i hope not all right so uh getting back to what i was talking to and referring to uh was the fact that um uh we were talking about 45 percent about uh, of evangelicals don't have a problem with homosexuality and we're seeing how uh culture uh has uh, cultural trends are seeping in to the church and a lot of it's based on uh uh, television and movies, things we see on computers that we 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 uh, uh, allow to slide by and uh, don't uh, uh, really acknowledge. You know, you, you heard me talking about the movie Onward, and even though it was just a few seconds of this um, uh, animated character referring to her same-sex relationship, uh, it, it it was still. I don't care if it's five seconds, ten seconds, twenty seconds, or thirty seconds. It was thirty seconds too long. It should not be in there because see what they're doing, they're slowly putting that in there and that's called indoctrination and they're putting this propaganda out there and they're trying to nullify Uh, not only us, but particularly our children, when these things, remember, God's word abhors and hates evil. And these are the things that we should be, uh, when we see it, it should be shocked. We should be like, no, this is wrong. But we're allowing it more and more, you know, just like the proverbial uh, frog in the water, that when you slowly crank it up, that it cooks it. Now, you know, of course, scientifically, they say that's not true, but you you get the, uh, the understanding of the illustration. Now, um, so not only that, but other television shows and things. In fact, last night, Brady and I was trying to watch a movie, and man, alive, it was all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the worst foul language you ever heard. Finally, told Brady to shut up and continue to watch the movie. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> she, she'll kill me. But uh, no, the movie uh, was the worst foul language you ever heard. I, I mean, I couldn't get it cut off fast enough. I was like, what? Where did that even come from? Why was that even in there? You know, so we I deleted it. You know, I had on the DVR, just deleted it. But the more you just kind of uh, be dull to hearing, and the more that you give a pass to, the more that's going to infiltrate your, your mind and your heart more than you realize is going to have a direct effect on how you view and see things. That's why in order to have a discernment between good and evil, we have to be able to stay in God's word and, and and so that could be that litmus test against all things so that we can have a proper discernment between what is right and what is wrong and so that we will not fall by the wayside. You know, um, be a chance, look over here to... Uh, uh, Luke chapter eight, uh, verse eighteen, and uh, uh, I want you to make sure you keep your hand over here in Hebrews, but figure uh, over there in Hebrews, but look at Luke chapter eight, verse eighteen. So you may just say get to turn there in case you got your Bibles handy. Uh, Luke chapter eight, verse eighteen take care then how you hear, remember we're talking about being dull to hearing, how you hear for to the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So if you have grace to hear, all right, if you have that grace to hear uh, with faith, with, with the fruit of spirit, you will get more grace, but if you don't, all right, if you don't, even what you think you have, it will be lost. So if you're not using things, if you're not uh, doing things in accordance with God's will, and when you're doing the things of God's will, more grace will be given. But when you're not following the things of Christ, it will be taken away. So what you think is right and what God's word is, says is right it may be two different things. You know, that's you know, When we read God's word, we can look at the Ten Commandments. We know that coveting is wrong, we know that stealing is wrong, we know that murder is wrong, Uh, we know that uh, uh, adultery is wrong, you know, we have God's word to guide us, you know, that's kind of goes into the the moral law, if you will, right, there has to be, if there's a moral law, that moral law is is the sensibility that all people have uh, universally throughout the world, you know, just the very things that I mentioned of stealing and murder, we know these things are wrong, then if there's a moral law, then there has to be a moral law giver. See, all things point to God. We see that, you know, people try to say, give me proof that God exists. We don't, we see how, you know, throughout our, you know, that, that um, the that how these things point to God. And when people, you know, when you try to give these proofs to individuals, of course, they they want to throw that out the door and, and pretend as if that, uh, uh, you know, uh, isn't proof, or they'll try to counter argue that with something else. But um, there's a word uh it's called, uh, let's see here, I'll make sure I, s- I pronounced the Greek word right, uh, stoikia, sto- stoikia. I'll get out here in a second. Uh, it's talking about the simple elements uh, of Christianity uh, that, uh, you know, the simple, kind of, when you think about the simple elements, uh, kind of like uh, the uh, the understanding of the letters of the alphabet, A, B, and C. Uh, the, uh, I hope I got those right. I don't know if I- Believe it or not, as far as my my knowledge goes, A, B, and C. I'm not sure what comes after that. Uh, like the the uh, the uh, or physics, the, the 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 four basic elements in physics, uh, the geometry, uh, the uh, uh, the first elementary principles, things like that. Oh, you know, when we talk about spiritual maturity, you know, years ago, believe it or not, if you look at the uh, uh, the uh, called, my mind's a blank on me, uh, the um, catechisms, the uh, Westminster Catechism, we we'll get here in a second. They, uh, there's 107 children had to know these uh, before they could join, those, particularly those who were Reformed, had to know these, these higher crit, uh, catechisms before they could be accepted and join the church. And, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to read off a few of these, and these are things that we should basically know, but the reason why I bring these up is you need to ask yourself, do I understand these? Do I, I can I answer these questions? And uh, it might, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, jar you or wake you up enough to be like, hey, you know, uh, you know, can I lead someone else to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior? And I was kind of going back to what I was talking about last night and how short life is. Uh, can you, can you explain salvation to somebody else who asked you, you know, that's one thing. Yeah. So let me bring these up. Those uh, on the website are a disadvantage. You won't be able to see it, but uh, those on the um, social media will. So the Westminster Shorter Catechism, uh, here's just a few of the questions uh, that the, these kids would have to uh, memorize. Remember there's 107, but these are just a few of the basics that uh, that you watching should be able to, to answer. It says, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. There is a lifetime of practical content in that short answer. So what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. But do you know, question four, what is God? All right, so uh, if you wasn't seeing, those on social media have the advantage, if you wasn't seeing that, would you be able to answer that question? What What is God? Answer, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Question five, are there more gods than one? Answer, there is but one only, the living and true God. Remember, we're not polytheistic all right polytheistic is many gods that we are monotheistic we only believe in one true god there is only but only one all right the living and true god question six how many persons are there in the godhead answer there are three persons in the godhead the father the son and the holy spirit And these three are one god the same in substance equal in power and glory could you so just that alone? All right, let's, let's just a second. Well, I'll bring that back up here in just a second. So just that alone, the Trinity. Can you explain the Trinity? You know, that's one way to spot a cult in a heartbeat. Is looking is is, is how they view the Trinity. You know, Dad was, was talking about a little bit about uh, Jehovah's Witness and Mormons. And, uh, buddy, I tell you what, that their, their viewpoints on the Trinity are very uh, skewed. So that's one way, you know, that's why we have to have this knowledge, this proper understanding, so that when we are confronting, uh, say, with a cult or someone who is a member of a cult, uh, one way we can spot their erroneous and heretical teachings is their viewpoint on God, Jesus Christ, who some believe he was just a, good prophet or uh, uh, just a good person uh, or in how they view the Trinity so let me bring this back up here let's finish this out here on this uh, Westminster shorter of Catechism um, so uh, it says could you have explained the nature of God and the Trinity so well could you have done that if asked these questions say if I say if the church said uh, you know you you have to you know answer these questions before you could join could you do it all right not that we would do that but I'm just saying it as an example. Question seven, what are the decrees of God? Answer, the decrees of God are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory, he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. So these are some, uh, you know, uh, are pretty, uh, pretty heavy questions. Uh, in, in reality, they should, they should really be really easy questions uh, for us to answer. I know many people, uh, those who could see it on social media and those who heard it on the website, hearing or seeing those questions, uh, you were probably like, man, there's no way uh, that I could, uh, may have been able to answer that. Uh, That's why it's imperative that you are studying, learning, and growing. See, that is the problem that the writer here in Hebrews was having. It's because of their lack of understanding, their dullness of hearing. You know, we see that... uh, you know, even in verse 11 here where it says about this we have much to say all right and that goes back to hebrews 4 2 over here in regards to for good news came to us just as to them but the message they heard remember that again they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. so this this uh, when we see that here uh, about this we have much to say hearing without faith without moral uh, fruit of faith all right so if you if you are if you're hearing without faith you're not going to have that proper uh, understanding and uh, there's a lot of people out there who refuse to grow in knowledge to, to never grow up in behavior you Now we talked about there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of 50 uh, year old uh, teenagers run around out there and uh, that have never grown beyond high school their greatest uh, call to glory was maybe a um, uh sporting event they were a part of football baseball whatever and they had one moment of glory and they've never grown beyond that uh, they're 50 years old and still hitting on 20 year old kids or girls and um well i meant the same thing uh, to me a 20 year old is a kid so uh, but uh, hitting on girls and uh still partying like they were when they were 18 and uh they're they're you know they're embarrassing themselves i mean there's no other way to put it it's just they're, they're embarrassing themselves there comes a point when you have to grow up now uh you look at my office and uh you see my huge collection of toys and you're you see that and you look at me and you say uh why don't you grow up <laughs> so you know i'm not you know i i i uh Uh, may have throughout my life trying to relive a certain amount of childhood and and bought a lot of toys as a collection uh, because I couldn't have them when I was a kid. And uh, I I haven't really uh, got into it as much as I once did, but uh, I used to really be into collecting that kind of thing. So me saying that, and if you looked at my office, you'd be like, you're crazy. So (laughs) <laughs> but uh but there comes a point when we have to grow up man we gotta you gotta grow beyond uh high school you've got to get beyond that it's kind of sad in a way when you run into old high school friends and uh it, you really don't have nothing to talk about but high school you know you trying to you know, hey have you seen so and so or you know how you're doing it's just it's, it's kind of awkward you know and uh, now i've still got a couple of good friends they're down in florida now and, then, and uh not just them but there are some others, but. Uh, that uh, we're still good, you know, we're still close and we, you know, we're, we're like brothers and uh, they the world of them. So it's, uh, that's kind of a different situation there. But anyway, um, let's see, let me get back to uh, what I was talking about now. Um, let's see here, verse 13, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. All right, so, but so, I have a, cat that decided that uh, she wanted to uh, knock over some stuff here. So uh, anyway, for everyone who lives in milk, unskilled in the word of Russia since he is a child, 14, but solid food is for the mature. All right. That right now we were talking about a disease. All right. You would say, well, how, why are you calling immaturity a disease? You might even take offense to that. So that's, that's a little offensive, man. Well, because, if like I was talking about, if you are a child who's not growing or you're a teenager reverting back uh, to eating like a baby, well, then th- that is a disease. In fact, there, there is a disease. What, I keep remember what it's called, uh, where they, um, uh, they still look like children. It's a type of dwarfism, I think. Where they and they uh, they look like children, but they they, they can uh, uh, they can be like sixty years old or something. But anyway, um, so it can be a disease. So we're, we've been discussing the disease, all right, of non growth, of immaturity. Now we get the remedy here. It says, but solid food is for the mature. All right, so you can't go automatically from milk to solid food. Obviously, a baby tried to do that, they would choke. I was like when Madison was little, I was very guarded. You know, I I was very overprotective uh, with Madison. I think I overcompensated a little bit because of the lack of time I got with my son. And uh, Brandy's talking about this the other day. I feel bad about it now, but uh, uh, my mother in law, she'd be like, you know, she'd want to try to hold her, or uh, she'd try to feed her mashed potatoes, and I'd get, man, I'd get tore up, and I'd be like, no, no, she's just a baby, you don't need to give her that, and and uh, we'd get in the car, and Brandy'd be chilling me out, that's my mother, you know, and, and, uh, and, but I was just, I was just, I don't know, I was just so scared of something happening, uh, that uh, I was, uh, I was kind of a jerk, and Brandy said, you were mean to people at the church, you wouldn't let them hold her, and I said, well, I don't work, you know, Anyway, but uh, so uh, a baby can go from solid, I'm uh, sorry, from milk to solid food. And solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by caustic practice to distinguish good from evil, all right? Train, practicing, learning, understanding the things of Jesus Christ, understanding the things of God. See, that's why we read this over here in, uh, in our opening scripture in Psalms. You know, in Psalm 34. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. When we stay daily in the word of God, when we, we uh, stay daily in prayer, we're learning and growing. Remember, when you become to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, you should have a change of heart. You should have a change of mind. You should have a change of perspective. You should love the very thing you used to hate and hate the very thing you used to love. You should have a whole, complete, that redemption all right, is the complete change of mind, a complete change of direction. Uh, that, that is how you should be how you should be living your life, living your life, drawing closer to God daily uh, and putting away, trying to die of yourself, uh, die of, of, of the old you, the old way you used to look at things, changing, not staying in, in, the, in a rut of sin. You know, it's so easy to make excuses for sin. It's so easy to justify sin. It's so easy, uh, you know, and, and never grow beyond that. And so that's why we have to continually practice, practice memorizing God's word. Practice, you know, when it comes to talking about food, all right? When it comes to food and drink, when you are starving, man, I tell you what, you're you ravenous. When you get to, when you get near some food, you're just cramming it in your mouth, you know? If you're going across a dry desert and man, all you can think of is cold, clear water and buddy, you're sucking it down as fast as you can because you can't get enough of it. That's the way we need to be about God's word. We shouldn't be satisfied. Well, you know, you know you'd know, you be like you starving to death and be like, ah, I was gonna take a little crumb here. That's good enough. Well, no, that ain't gonna be the way it's gonna be. You 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 should want to devour the things of God. You should want to do, just to, to, to take it all in, to drink it, to, to eat it. You should never be satisfied. Uh, you should constantly want more and more and be excited, not to to find a church as a dull you know, as, we bring, as, we, as we as this opening scriptures talking about, uh, that you find uh, church dull and, and uh, uninteresting. See, that's why so many churches have become entertainment centers. Uh, because they they don't want anybody to be bored or dull you know that's on them you know if you're not if you're coming there to be entertained go to the amc and to get you a movie you need to come to into the house of worship and be ready and excited to try to learn about the things of god and if you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs bored bored, that's on you all right you know and you know, not every church is for everybody maybe you need to shop around and find a church that where you are learning and growing uh, you know, the, some churches, that's all they do. Hellfire and damnation, that's it, you know. And, you know, not that that isn't good, but if, if, if that is the extent of their teaching and not nothing beyond that, then you're, you, you can't grow beyond that. But uh, uh, so you should be excited uh, to dive into God's word every day. If you're thinking, well, I should read the Bible, but you roll over and turn on Netflix instead or watching TV or YouTube, or whatever, instead of getting into God's word because you don't find God's word entertaining enough, then that's a problem with you. See, that's a, that's a sign of immaturity. That's why we have to be excited. We need to practice the things of God. We need to be excited about the things of God, diving into God's word daily each and every day, to just like you're you're starving uh, for that food, Star, you know, dying of thirst, that's the way we need to be with God's word. We can't get enough of it. We should be ravenous. We should be excited. We should be on fire for the things of God. That's why we have so many complacent. That's why we have so many apathetic Christians out there because they're not on fire. They don't get excited about the things of God anymore. The things of the world excite them, but the things of God does not, and that's why we have so many um, lukewarm Christians. You know, you talk about living in the last days. We're seeing that in the Church of Lydia to see These lukewarm that God specifically says is going to spew out of His mouth. You know, and so we need to make sure that we are on fire for the things of God. You so get excited about the things of God that when it's time to watch church online or to feel you know, when the church doors are able to open that you're excited to go to church, you're excited to learn. You don't see it as some boring lecture of, well, how much longer i got, you know, and uh, that you don't see it that way, that you're excited. You you can't get enough of it. You want to be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, because you want to learn, you want to grow, you want more of God. And, and if you're not seeing that, then maybe you're falling the category that the writer of Hebrews is talking about here, they're dull of hearing. They're, they're stupidly forgetful, that they're slow-minded, sluggish, dull, boring, that they, they were not excited about the things of God. They're still drinking milk when they should be eating meat and teaching. And how many of you out there are still drinking milk? You've not grown beyond uh, the being that baby Christian, that you're still down there, but you you could be so much more if you applied yourself. You know, that's one thing I, in drama class in, in high school course, you know, like I said, I like to clown around and joke. And uh, my drama teacher said, you've got a lot of potential, Matt, if you just apply yourself. You know what? How much potential could you have as a Christian if you just apply yourself? And um, so let's go on. And so we see this here that we need to practice, constant practice, distinguishes between good from evil. And I think, you know, that's why so much is able to creep into the church is because, not enough Christians are able to discern between good and evil. They're able to discern that hey, this is New Age philosophy seeping into the church. In fact, someone was telling me the other day about how I uh, uh, forgot this New Age belief that's uh, coming into the church. They told me to look it up, and I didn't get a chance to. That's really, really, uh, really getting into the churches. And because people aren't staying true to the word, they have this erroneous belief that hey, what's true for you? The truth is relative. What's true for you isn't true for me, and therefore your interpretation is not my interpretation. And therefore they just do whatever they want to. That's not how it works. That's why it's called hermeneutics, so that we can have a proper understanding of how God's word applied to the original audience and how it applies to us today. And this is how this is what we this is what we go by. Not what culture or society has to say, not what man has to say, but what the word of God say. To say, and guess what? Not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like the Word of God. And people's going to get their little feathers ruffled. You know, we were surrounded in a world of snowflakes, and every time something doesn't go their way, or they don't like it, or they agree with it, they pitch a little fit and cry and whine around. Well, it hurts my feelings. Well, guess what? God's Word needs to hurt your feelings sometimes. That's called conviction. And when you can have conviction, then maybe that will point you toward the cross and make you understand that you are in need of a Savior, that you're in need of change, and the direction you're going in is wrong, and the direction you're going in is leading you to hell. And and so maybe enough of this patting of the head and, uh, uh, you know, poor pitiful you. It's okay. And people need to understand that what they're doing is wrong. They need that conviction. They need their little feelings hurt so they can be pointed to Jesus Christ. People, we're, we're talking about eternity here. We're not talking about somebody's temporal feelings. We're talking about somebody's eternal state. They can either live an eternity in heaven or they can live an eternity in hell. And that is their decision. And if you as Christians and if you as pastors do not teach and preach with conviction and tell other people about Jesus Christ because you're afraid of offending, then that is on you. Now, I might have uh, gone about it in ways that were, um, I could have shown a little more finesse. I could have shown a little more love. I agree with that. There's, I've, I've come a little strong sometimes, particularly on social media. But the fact remains is there's some, there's some people that you have to shake in order to get their attention. You know what I'm talking about. There's some people out there, they wouldn't get a hint if you slapped them in the head with a two-by-four. So you have to just straight up to the, tell them to the point it hurts your feelings so they will understand because we have a world of hard-headed people out there. And so, uh, and, and so, and again, in this remedy of this disease of immaturity, 6.1 uh, says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to the maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. All right, so we need to lay that foundation. We need to not only read, reread, reread again, and keep building on that foundation of God's Word. Constantly studying, learning, understanding, so that we can give that proper defense, so that we can grow to that full spiritual maturity, so that we are no longer on milk; that we are truly feasting upon the meat of the Word of God. You know, are you hungry for the Word of God daily? Are you are you being spiritually fed? You know, we talk, we, we see physically. Uh, people who are anorexic, all right, and uh, you will see their, their bones and their disfigurement. You know, if you watch Dr. Phil, you've seen some of these individuals like that. There's a lot of Christians spiritually who look like that or worse because they starve themselves from the word of God because they're not hungry enough for it. And so they're anemic. And so then when, when every wind of doctrine blows, they just follow through with it. When every temptation comes, they just fall. And then they wonder why they're not growing, why they're not learning. Because we have to study, and you have to study to show thyself approved. You've got to stay in God's Word daily. You've got to spend that time in prayer. You've got to build upon the foundation of God. And you, if you've been a Christian 40, 50, 60 years, and you still can't lead somebody to the Lord, then there's something wrong there, all right? You know, I, people call me or Dad and say, a friend of mine, uh, he doesn't know the Lord, I want you to go up and talk to him. Now, I don't care to do that. Dad doesn't care to do that. I don't care to go up and, tell, and lead somebody to the Lord and tell, explain to them salvation. That you know, that, that's you know, not only just our job, but that's something that we want to do. Okay. At the same time, if you have been, if you are a Christian and have been a Christian, you should be able to explain salvation to somebody. And I'll just leave it up to the pastor. And if you can't, then you need to get you the four spiritual laws and read it and understand. It. You don't have to memorize it, but understand it. When you, um, uh, or like Dad's uh, the track he wrote, uh, uh, and, and um um, you can find it on our website, all right, uh, called Personal Savior. You can find it on our website. It goes over not only his testimony, but the plan of salvation, understand it, learn it, memorize the plan of salvation so that you can lead someone else to Jesus Christ. Just like we were reading the Westminster Shorter Catechism and some of these uh, questions are really on an elementary level that everybody should be able to answer. But I guarantee when I was reading those, a lot of people were thinking, golly, there's no way I can answer that. That's not good. We need to be growing in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We need to make sure we're in a constant state of growth and not being stunted. And that's exactly what the writer uh, of Hebrews is referring to here. They, you know, he he wants to explain to them uh, the high priest, the things of Melchizedek. He wants to, but they can they couldn't grasp it. You know, it'd be like, like I said, giving them Shakespeare, they can't make out the letters. And that's the problem with so many Christians because they are spiritually immature. They have never grown beyond their fundamental elementary understanding. And that is a detriment to our spiritual walk, to our churches. And and so and we're going to have to give a, a, an account for that, people. Do you understand that? Those who are, are not saved will have to give an account for every single thing they've done in the flesh. Those ones who are saved, we will have to give an account for things we've done once we become saved. We need to constantly be growing, learning, and be excited about the things of Jesus Christ. And don't be afraid to stand on the good news of the gospel, don't be afraid to speak out. Even though we, you know we need to preach the truth and love, and teach the truth and love, but we can't stand uh, and just allow uh, humanistic perversion uh, to to permeate uh, our society and, and infiltrate our churches and to be allow this this lifestyle choice to be acceptable. Yes, they need to be in church. That's where they need to be. It's where every sinner needs to be so they can understand the things of, the, of God and of the gospel. Only God can change. We can't force anybody to be saved. That's only the, the, of the Holy Spirit. But we still doesn't eliminate our, uh, 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 our, 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 our uh, anyway, let me get out of here. We still have a responsibility to get out there and tell us about Jesus Christ, okay? And so we have, to, we have the responsibility. We have to be that light of the world. We have to be that salt of the earth. And you don't have to get over this. Well, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I don't want to, people may not like me. Get over it, all right? You know, that's that's one thing in my devotions I was reading this week. Uh, Remember, in this world, uh, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. They will hate you because they first hated Jesus. It's going to happen. We're going to have to hurt those feelings. We're going to have to get out there so we can get people uh, conviction, all right, the, the cross is offensive, but we had to point people towards Jesus Christ. And again, we need to do it lovingly, but as we can. But we have got to start standing against these things. We'd go into these movies. we watch these TV shows that uh, uh, allow... Uh, uh, homosexual behavior which good luck i mean you can't watch nothing more than talking homosexual anymore there's so many shows that uh, madison and i like to watch and we quit watching because of that garbage and everything our movies i like to watch we don't go because of that crap but so many christians they they give it a free pass well you know i i don't agree with it but uh, you know i i know I, ellen's lifestyle's not good but she's funny you know start waking up and start taking a stand for what is right. It's not easy, but we got to start growing to that full maturity uh, in our Christian walk. Uh, let's go ahead and have a close of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, help us to grow. Help us not to be stunted in our growth. Let us learn. Let us strive to have that mind of Christ. Let us live with conviction. Let us... Uh, Grow and build on that foundation, Uh, Lord. Let us never be afraid uh, to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us, guide us, and watch over protect us. In Jesus name, I pray. Well, my friends, I uh, appreciate the, uh, the kind words uh, that's spoken here on uh, on social media. And I uh, hope everybody has a great day and a blessed day and a wonderful week. And uh, Lord willing, we'll meet again Wednesday night at seven o'clock. So I hope everybody has a fantabulous evening. And uh, thanks for watching. <laughs>